in the year of Tishri 5781. This is September, excuse me, October 3rd, 2020. So for five days after the solemnity of Yom Kippur comes the most joyous of the Jewish holidays, Sukkot, a festival of celebrating the time when the ancient Israelites gathered in their fruit harvests and offered thanks to God for his goodness for them and to them. In what many ways, it is very similar to the America's Thanksgiving. And some scholars believe that the Pilgrim Fathers were inspired to hold their very first Thanksgiving by giving the Sukkot Festival, which, about, which we read in the book of Vayikra Leviticus, chapter 23. And if you'd like to look at that with me, Leviticus chapter 23. We'll be getting at verse 23. And so these pilgrim fathers that came over from England, they wanted to be able to worship the Lord with not having the fetters of the government impunging on their freedom of worshiping God as God spoke to them through the scriptures. And so these uh, pilgrim fathers were inspired by the festival of Sukkot. Let us begin here in Leviticus chapter 23, 23. And Adonai said to Moshe, tell the people of Israel in the seventh month of the first of the month is to be for you a day of complete rest for remembering a holy convocation announced with blasts of the shofar. Don't do any kind of ordinary work and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. And Adonai said to Moshe, the tenth of the day of this seventh month is what? It is Yom Kippur. For you are to have a holy, holy convocation, you are to deny yourselves, and you are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. You're not to do any kind of work on that day because it is Yom Kippur. To make atonement for you before Adonai your God. Anyone who does not deny himself on this day is to be cut off from his people. And anyone who does any kind of work on that day, I will destroy from among his people. You're not to do any kind of work. It is a permanent regulation throughout all your generations, no matter where you live. It will be for you a Shabbat of complete rest. And you are to deny yourselves. You are to rest on your Sabbath, on your Shabbat, from evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening. Adonai said to Moshe, tell the people of Israel, on the 15th day of the seventh month is the feast of Sukkot, for seven days to Adonai. On the first day, there is to be a holy convocation. Do not do any kind of ordinary work. For seven days, you are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. And on the eighth day, you are to have a holy convocation and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. It is a day of public assembly. Do not do any kind of ordinary work. These are the designated times of Adonai that you are to proclaim 
as holy convocations. Bring an offering made by fire to Adonai, and burn offering, a grain offering, a sacrifice, and drink offerings, each on its own day. Beside the Shabbats of Adonai, your gifts and all your vows and all your voluntary offerings that you will give to Adonai. But on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you have to be gathered the produce of the land. And you're to observe the festival of Adonai seven days. The first day is to be a day of complete rest. And on the eighth day is to be a complete rest. On the first day, you are to take the choice fruit, the palm fronds. Notice I'm holding that up before our Zoom camera. Thick branches of the river willows and celebrate in the presence of Adonai, your God, for seven days. You are to observe it as a feast to Adonai seven days in the year. It is to be a permanent regulation generation after generation. Keep it in the seventh month, and you are to live in the sukkah for seven days. Every citizen of Israel is to live in a sukkah. So that generation after generation, you will know that I made the people of Israel live in the sukkah. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am Adonai your God. Thus Moshe announced to the people of Israel the designated times of Adonai. Sukkot teaches, and this was to be a time of bringing in the latter harvest. It is widely believed that the Puritan colonists, who were the great students of the Hebrew scripture, based the first American Thanksgiving on Sukkot. A secondary meaning of this holy day is found in the command to dwell in booths as a memorial of Israel's wilderness experience. To expand the theme of this specific historical event, we might best summarize Sukkot with the word of habitation. One of the blessings of being underneath this pandemic is that God has got our attention and we've been habitating in seclusion. And if you notice the celebration of Sukkot, you're not supposed to be doing any ordinary type of work, but work is allowed. But we're to do, be doing what? We're to be spending time in the presence of the Lord. Because you know what God is preparing his people for today? Both Jews and Gentiles, one and Messiah, for a final harvest of souls. God's desire is that we would go forth and bring forth a harvest of souls by letting our light shine before all people that they will see the good works that God the Father has been established and producing in and through us. See, it's all about redemption. Those people, as Alan read earlier in the book of Zechariah, did you notice when he was reading in Zechariah chapter 14? It said the survivors. And it was speaking to the enemies of God, once former enemies of God. He established a way of them being blessed. 
And how was that? To, to come forward and to praise the one, the focal point of who they hated with all their hearts, minds, and souls as former enemies of God. If you notice right now, the name of Yeshua and Jesus is being hated as never before by the world. This is all setting the stage for Zechariah uh, 14 to be fulfilled. We know that this is all going to come to pass. We as believers in Messiah will face persecution as never before that we've ever experienced. But we're not to walk in fear. We're to be lights unto the world. Yeshua said this, don't you think of yourselves that since they attacked the head, and they attacked him, the world and the world system wanted to destroy the witness and testimony of who Yeshua is. And he said, don't think it any, any less that the world will also hate you. This is what we're facing right now. Hasatan is stirring up hatred towards Jewish people. Anti-Semitism is rearing its ugly head as never seen since the 1930s. It's, it's, it's growing throughout Europe. There are Jewish people who are fleeing Europe right now. And where are they going back? They're not coming to America. They're going to the land of Israel. God is drawing them back. And he's established them in Israel. And if you think about right now, what's going on in Israel today? They're in a literal shutdown. So it would appear that the resources for these uh, Jewish people to be even to be able to come to be reestablished in the land is diminishing. You know what uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is now considering to extend this lockdown to another full month. And in the process of this, there are Jewish people who are being called from the four corners of the earth and they're coming back to the land. What is this whole season that we've been celebrating from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur and now Sukkot in gathering, in gathering, come into the land. You know, as I read the scripture here in Vaikra, it spoke there about the, the citizens of Israel building these sukkahs. I watch uh, the IBA news that comes from Israel. You know what they were doing? They were building sukkahs. And the question was this, how large should we build them? They were building much smaller ones because, you know, during this pandemic, Small family groups are, are coming together. Some are wearing masks, some are not, okay? And, and I also noticed that there's a guy who's riding around on a little scooter, and you know what was around that scooter? Scooter was, was, It was built a little sukkah. He was traveling around, going to the market to buy his lulav and his esrog, and it showed a little basket on the back, that had room for, for these items, and he was going to rejoice in the Lord in the midst of a pandemic, all right? 
And so God is, is, has blessed Israel financially. Have you noticed that? That there are companies in Israel that are being so blessed and the finances and resources are coming there. Why, why is God pouring his blessing upon Israel? So that as those who have been part of the diaspora, they're being brought back. There is supplies, there are funds. And in the midst of a pandemic, God is stirring the nests of the Jewish people who are living in the four corners of the earth. And he's saying, come back home. Because the world, as we know it, I've heard Orthodox rabbis in New York City say, it's time to leave America. There's a change in the wind. Anti-Semitism and hatred of our people is, is being produced in America as never seen before. And this is part of God's plan. Does it not say that in the last days he will bring his chosen people, the Jewish people, from the four corners of the earth, and he'll bring them back to the land? Absolutely. This is all going to be step by step, installment by installment. As I, as I was building my sukkah the last couple days, the Lord was speaking to me and saying to me that this is just temporary, just like your human body. It will not last forever. That's why one day I and you will be given what? A glorified body. So right now in the land of Israel, the children of Israel are in the land. God's causing them to prosper, even though they're underneath a pandemic. He's got their, 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 their thoughts. Think of how about many of the Orthodox, the Orthodox are praying right now, Mashiach, come. We want Messiah to come. As the whole world is turning against Israel. And we know this is going to happen someday. America and all the nations of the earth will turn against Israel. Now, are we to be in fear? Are we to, to bind what God is orchestrating and doing? That's impossible. He sits on the throne. Did he not say he would gather his people from the four corners of the earth? Absolutely. Just like he said, if you will not honor me in the land, I will disperse you to the four corners of the earth. He's calling his people back. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So during this time of Sukkot, we remember the Jewish people going through the wilderness. Think of this from this perspective. As the Jewish people have lived in the diaspora for 40 years, for the last 2,000 years, the majority of the Jewish people have lived in the wilderness, out in the world. And now God is bringing them back. He's calling them back. As reported in Israel right now, there are more people coming back to land than ever before. This is a good thing. This means that Messiah is about to come. Are you ready? 
Has he purified your heart and mind? You, the bride of Messiah, both Jew and Gentile, have you allowed the spirit of living God to prepare you? He's coming back. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So during this time, we give thanks to the creative power that pours forth the bounty in the grass and the grain. The earth in its fullness is yours, O God. You are the seed within the seed, giving it life and sustaining all your creatures. Spring and autumn, spring, summer, and autumn, your radiant power makes the earth yield its fruit. For this we give praise and pledge that more than words shall show our thankfulness. We pray for the establishment of your millennial kingdom here on earth, the Mekut Beit David, when Messiah Yeshua will reign on David's throne. That's our heart's desire. That's our longing. Then will the great harvest of your people Israel and those joined unto them from all the nations. If you're from the nations, God has grafted you in to the commonwealth of Israel. From among the nations, we celebrate now the festival of ingathering with joy and gladness of heart. You know how many Gentiles I've met in the last 40 years that have gone to Israel during the tabernacles? You know something? This year, this year during the pandemic, the Feast of Tabernacles is not being celebrated as it was in years past. And I must say that again. This year, all the believers who God has spoken to their hearts, they've saved their shekels for years. This was their annual tradition, was to go to Israel, to be in Jerusalem when during the Feast of Tabernacles, I've met hundreds of Christian men and women from around the world that have come to America. God has allowed me to cross paths with them. And they would turn to me and say, Frank, you being a Jew, have you ever went to the land of Israel during the Feast of Tabernacles? And I said, no, I haven't, because the Lord hasn't given me provision and he has not given me permission. He said, you must go. Because I tell you what, when we walk through the streets and we carry our banners, like we're from China, we're from Korea, we're from the Netherlands, we're from Germany, we're from France, we're from England. I can't say, I keep talking about these nations, but etc. They said this, that the inhabitants of Jerusalem rejoice and they weep. They literally weep because they know that there are people from the nations that love the Jewish people. So think about this. The Lord has allowed something new this year in that all these people, all these believers, all these Christians from around the world who would make an annual pilgrimage to the land, to Jerusalem, to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And when Alan was reading today, Zechariah 
7, uh, chapter 14, talking about God's enemies. During, this is during the, uh, the time there when Messiah is ruling and reigning. And there's a war. And those that survived the great tribulation, when Messiah established, he lands on the Mount of Olives. You know what it says in Scripture? That it will be split in two. What did Alan say today in Zechariah? 14, he said these words. That the Mount of Olives will be split in two. One half going towards the south, and one half going towards the north. See, God is expounding his boundaries. And literally, he'd, making, he'd be making Jerusalem a much larger city. Now, can you imagine what it would take man, the engineers, to plan to remove and split the Mount of Olives in two? Man, I don't believe, has the greatest capability to do that. But God ordaining it, you know what God does? He just sits back and he just speaks the word. And you know what? The mountains obey him. And they will, they, will, they will split in two. And this is God's provision. This is all what the Lord is doing. It truly is a blessing to see how God is orchestrating all these things. And know this, that he's drawing all his people unto himself. As never before. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, with this, we go forward on the historical back background. As I shared earlier, Vayikra 23, verses 33 through 34. Sukkot, now was the time of bringing in the latter harvest. It is, in other words, the Jewish thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God. Because you know this, sometimes we forget because we don't live in the land. There were spring rains that brought in the spring harvest. And then there was a dry season through the summer. Then there came these fall rains that brought the last harvest in Israel, in the land. A secondary meaning of this date is it is found in the command to dwell in booths as a memorial to Israel. And they're traveling through the wilderness experience. Think about this right now. You and I are living in a wilderness. Yeah, we live in America, but America is a wilderness. This is not your eternal home. God's going to shake up America as he's never shaked before. Why? Because this nation needs to repent of its sins. Wasn't it beautiful that just a, a few days ago, there were two men that God ordained, both Franklin Graham and Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, to get together with other believers. Now, was this to, to be a political rally because we want this candidate to win, become president? No, it was a time of repentance and prayer for our nation. What does America need most on November 3rd? 
that Yeshua would be reigning on the hearts and minds of all its citizens. Who cares who becomes the next president? Think what would the transformation would happen in our Congress and our Senate if the spirit of the living God dwelled in all the hearts and minds of our congressmen and senators and our Supreme Court justices. See, that's what God desires for the body of Messiah to be doing, to be praying, to be interceding. Those individuals that you see as your political enemies should be the ones that you are earnestly praying for their salvation. Because Yeshua died upon their tree for their salvation. No more, more or less than he did it for you and I. They are enemies unto God because of why? They don't know him. They don't understand him. They can't perceive what, what God's word says. It's a foreign language to them. And once that place we were all, when we did not know the Lord intimately. And so what is the celebration of Sukkot all about? Recognizing giving God thanksgiving for his provision and allowing the literal God of the heavens to dwell within us. See, that, that wooden structure that I built outside my home, that's a shadow. Where does God want to dwell? He wants to dwell within us. We're missing the significance that God wants to dwell in the form of Yeshua in our lives. Father, I lift up right now our Congress. I lift up our Senate. We lift up our Supreme Court. We lift up our mayors, our governors, all those who are in authority over us, Almighty God. The decision makers in our lives that affects all of us. Father, we earnestly pray right now with broken, contrite hearts. May we receive the love of the Father that has for these created beings who are truly our brothers and our sisters. Though we differ on our political views, Father, we entreat, we ask, Almighty God, that you would pour out your grace and mercy. There is so much hatred in our land, Almighty God. Father, we do not disallow the hurt and the pain. We ask, Almighty God, that you will touch, you will heal. You will cause the balm of Gilead to be applied to their hearts and their minds. Father, these individuals who do not know you, whether they be Republican, Democrat, or Independents, we do not care. We ask, Almighty God, that your spirit would be poured out upon them, 
that they would hear the voice of the living God through the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of living God, that would bring about salvation. Father, we pray for their souls. We know this, that if they do not receive Yeshua as their Messiah, what awaits them? But judgment from the Most High God through His Son, Yeshua. So, Father, we ask right now with humble hearts, with broken hearts, filled with love and compassion for these individuals, because it's your heart's desire that no one would perish. And, Father, we as believers whether we're Republican, Democrat, or independents, have done evil in your sight in not praying for and showing love and compassion to those who differ from us politically. Father, change our hearts. Change how we see these individuals. They are lost, they are dying, and they're without hope. So we can only give the hope that is within us. We ask that Yeshua, our hope, our sustenance, the reason why we live, be given to them. May they recognize for who he is, almighty God. And may the spirit of the living God dwell within them. Convict them from any wrong decision that they've made and wrong choices that you've done to us and what we've done. Father, inscribe their names in the book of life. Heal our land. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen.